you to lift your hands and be sensitive to God's presence today. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Be present in God's house. Come on, let your mind, let it come right here in the presence of God. I bind every unclean spirit by the name and the blood of Jesus. And I loose every, every power and gift of the Holy Ghost in this room right now. We bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of our ever living God. Jesus is his name. I bind the spirit of weariness. I bind the spirit of confusion. I bind it in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit that says I'm not worthy. I bind the spirit that says I'm not able. I bind the spirit in Jesus' name by the blood in the name of Jesus. You are righteous by the blood of Christ. You are righteous because he saved you. You are righteous because he loved you before he you loved him. You are righteous. And therefore, you should shout at the top of your lungs, I love you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Woo! Oh, yeah, yeah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Great and mighty God, Savior, King of kings, Lord of lords, glorious returner of our soon coming King. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Don't hurry in God's presence. Come on. It took you a while to get here. Come on. Don't hurry in God's presence. Come on. Ask. Ask what you want. Ask with your mouth. What do you desire the Lord to perform in your life? Ask and it shall be given. Knock and it shall be opened to you. I'm, I'm pleading with you, saints. I'm pleading with you, visitor. I'm pleading with you, guest. God wants to do something amazing in your life. Come on. Open your mouth and say, Lord, I need help today. I need your power. I need your strength. I need deliverance. I need forgiveness. In Jesus' name. He won't fail. He won't fail. I sought the Lord. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never, never fail. Oh, he will never fail. Oh, I trust in God, my Savior. Yeah, who will never. 
never, never fails. He won't talk the Lord, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord. Leslie Locke, by the blood in the name of Jesus, this congregation, you're going to join me and we're going to pray for her mother right now. She's in the hospital, had a heart attack on top of a heart attack and I'm go I feel the Holy Ghost and God's going to go to that place and he's already healing her, but he's going to show signs, miracles and wonders for your cry in Jesus name. Father, right now, by the blood in the name of Jesus. We, Lord, declare, Lord, and ask and plead, Lord, that you send angels to that mother's bedside today, Lord. Strengthen her, Lord. Give her the strength that you need to give her. Heal that heart, Lord. Touch her in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I sought the Lord. Oh, does anybody else need a healing today? Does anybody else need to be healed today? Come on, lift your hands. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I trust Him. That's why I sought the Lord. And He heard. I sought the Lord. And he heard and he answered. Oh, yeah! That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. That's why I trust him. 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 Come on, throw your hands in the air and say, Lord, I trust you today. Come on. Say it with your heart, not just with your head. Come on, Lord, I trust you today. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my children. I trust you with my health. If you believe that today, give the Lord a great hand of praise today, will you? Today, in the name of Jesus, we trust you, Lord. And you've never failed me. He won't fail me. He can't fail me. He's never failed me. Woo! How many going to preach with me today, huh? I said, how many is going to preach with me today? Well, that was six of you. Come on. How many is going to preach with me today? You're going to call on the name of the Lord as I minister the word today. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so thankful that my pastor hears from God. Why, why, would, I make, why would I request that you say that? Because I have a word from the Lord this morning. And it, it's not my words. It's God's words. And I, I want you to hear them today. I'm going to be your pastor. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to hear from the pastor today. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. John, John chapter 8. I trust in God, my Savior, my God. 
John 8.31, let's look at John 8.31, very important, very familiar passage of scripture this morning, but I want you to listen and watch closely as we go to the word of the Lord. I pray that I have your attention, that you will allow the word of God to sink deep into your spirit and your soul. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 31, you can read it on the screen behind me, when Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, someone shout, who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall what? Know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, don't misquote it. Some, some of us say set free because that's something we've heard over and over over pulpits. Does it say set behind me? Yeah. What does it say? Ah, there we go. It says make. Uh, and so we're, we're going to trust God's word that it has meaning. How many believe every word in God's word has meaning? Amen. So when you make something, it's something you begin. Sometimes I watch Sister Hannah's, uh, her uh, baking online, and she takes us through, you know, she's mixing eggs. Anybody else watched her stuff online, right? Or uh, any cook. Sister Hannah, I got to get you more followers wherever, wherever you're at because we, we, she does an amazing job. But there's a process. My wife makes a cake. You don't, you don't start with cake. You start with eggs and flour. It's a process. You make a cake. You don't set a cake. You make a cake. Am I making sense this morning? God is here to help you understand you're going to know truth. That word know is intimacy. You're going to know it so well that you're intimate with it. That it is beyond just knowledge of the head, but it is knowledge of the whole. Do you got that? So we're going to, what? We're going to know the truth and the truth shall make you. It's a process. Someone shout a process. So hear me out today as I minister to you from this passage in John. In an age where information is at our fingertips, right? In an age where news travels faster than light. In an age where discerning truth has become both a challenge, amen, and a necessity. Let me say that again. Discerning truth has become, what, a challenge and it has become a necessity. Here in the digital hour, in the digital era, whatever you want to call it, there is an endless stream of online narratives. There's an endless stream of online preachers and teachers and talkers. There's an online everything. No matter what you're looking for, if you're looking for how to rebuild the engine on your car, there's somebody on the internet that will tell you. Because the digital age, the technology age, has brought us to a point where it is very easy for someone to have a voice. It brings our attention to this, that we need to find the truth. I've been on this, I touched on it last week, I'll touch on it this week, and I'll continue to touch on it because the Lord has stuck it in my spirit, and I am to deliver this word so that you can discern and know the truth. Not from my words, not from my mouth, but from the word of the ever-living God. You are able and capable of knowing truth for yourself. 
Now, in this moment of fake news, uh, we hear that term bantered about all the time, a term it's pretty much come synonymous with our times. You're always hearing about fact checkers and fake news, and uh, as we probably should because there's a lot of fake news out there, and there's a lot of things that are being misconstrued, uh, and uh, all the challenges of whether it be news or whether it be science or whether it be uh, basic things there's a challenge math there's a challenge to certain things that it just really is a struggle in this hour it presents to us in this hour a danger right because our discernment and our understanding is in chaos listen to me carefully this this great dis great digital age, this great technology time frame, it challenges us, hear me closely, it challenges us not just what we know, but it challenges how we know it, who we know it from. So truth is not something that we can just simply say that, well, that says, that person said it, that situation said it, it's truth, right? I don't know if you follow a NASA, but I do, I love space, and recently uh, over the last several years uh, they put the Webb telescope into orbit um, it's uh, an amazing uh, machine it's an amazing piece of technology and every week it seems I, I'm, I have my, my, my Twitter set and it just sends me updates from, uh, from NASA and especially about the Webb telescope because it's, it's shooting amazing pictures seeing farther than we've ever seen in the universe it has the clarity everybody shout clarity See, when they saw certain things with the Hubble telescope, they thought it was one thing. But you see, when they launched the Webb telescope, they began to say things like this. Uh, this is changing our understanding of the universe. What we thought was this, that, or the other, whatever it might be that they're pointing to, they have come to a place where they're saying, we're learning something new every day. That dust cloud was not a dust cloud at all. When we got clarity, it showed us what was in the dust cloud. The dust cloud was just covering up something. And when we got perfect sight, we're able to see into the dust and no greater truth. Now, in the past, they would have said, no, that's a dust cloud, that's scientific, that's what it is, because it was all they could see. Mm, I'm going to preach right now. It was all they could see. So man is dictated by what he sees. And we serve a God of the unseen. We serve a God that says, I don't care what your situation looks like. It's a dust cloud to you, but my Holy Spirit is going to give you clarity. You're going to see things you don't understand. But in this hour, we see that science, I'm a big fan of science. I, I believe science. But, but I'm also an understanding that it is a dogma. Science is theory. Science is something that man comes to reason. Science is something that we should not ignore or act as if it's silly. No, it is a, a thing of God. It is man's revelation of who God, what God created. But listen to me carefully. Uh, man will always, from now to eternity, uh, be discovering things they never knew existed. So when they say, yeah, the truth, the science says that this, this theory is absolutely true until they put that theory to test in a giant CERN and a, a collider and they find new 
particles and they find new things and they find new forces in nature that they never knew existed. Pastor, why are you telling this? Because it's a challenge to know what's the truth. It's a challenge to know where can we find the truth. It's not just that, but how do we know the person that's telling me is telling the truth? I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't have a high trust in any, any media outlets, right? Because they have an agenda. I don't care who they are. What they, and to find truth in this hour, we got to be careful. I don't trust very many. Listen to me carefully. I, I don't trust a lot of online preachers. You know why? Because they have no accountability and they have no way. Oh, I asked someone recently. They said, well, this person said this, that, and the other. I said, do you know them? Have you ever sat in their ministry? Do you know their character? Do you understand what they're trying to say? Do you, right? Well, no, I've never met them. Don't know their character. I don't know where they're from. I don't know. I don't even know what church they're from. And yet you'll receive a word from them as if it's the gospel. Hmm. The Bible says to know them that labor among you so that you can, right? The Bible says also that the elders should stand by and judge. I'm, I'm going to preach right now. I'm being your pastor right now. Why are you talking like this, pastor? Because I feel in the Holy Ghost, there is this current that is in the world that's trying to flood under the doors of the church. And it is a current. If you've ever stood on a seashore when that wave comes in and you're standing on that sand, it seemingly is firm sand. But when that wave goes by you and it starts going back out, the sand starts moving from under your feet and you begin to sink in that sand because there is a current uh, that's moving the sand. You can't necessarily detect it, know it, feel, but it's there. And we are in an age where truth is going to be the commodity that we will live or die on. We must decide as a body of Christ, as Pineview Church, but I would say even to the whole Christendom of the entire earth, that we must decide uh, if God's word is the truth. Thank you, Sister Jackie. I, I got a question. Do you believe that God's word is the truth? So if you believe it, I want to test you. I want you to hear what God is trying to say to us. Someone shout amen. So man can only know what he sees, and that means man's truths are always changing because he has greater technology to help him see even greater. Uh, and this is why we are commanded to walk by faith and not by sight because faith takes us place that sight will never take us my belief in God will never be justified by scientific means it will be verified and somewhat uh, codified by the fact that there are God moments and things that science can measure but I'm going to tell you science doesn't understand my blind trust in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I trust in God, my Savior. Why? Because I know him for myself. I have experienced him for my own self. It's not something that I deny and say science is no good. No, please never say that science, they have amazing minds and God gave them amazing understandings, but they are in the midst of learning. They're on a journey of progress, but I have a God that was the same from the beginning to the end. He was the first and he'll be the last. He is the alpha, the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. I Somebody needs to help me right now. Listen, 
Listen to Jesus. He reminds us in John 8, 32. Now, I, I want you to know, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Uh, and this is true today and it calls us to higher standards, higher standards of learning. Hear me. Listen, we're going to give an account the fact that I have, a, I have over 100,000 books on this computer that are related to the scriptures. They're in the cloud, but they're here. I can access them. Do you, do you understand that I, to the person that's in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have but one page of the Bible, do you understand God's going to give them account for that? But God's going to give me account for everything I am able to find. I'm going to say it one more time. It's time for us to live up to the fact that God has blessed us and that he has given us the ability to seek his word and know his word. Uh, I can find the Hebrew translation and the Greek understanding. I can find the original. I can find the things of God and study them to the depth that I know them for myself. I become intimate with the word. In this moment, in this hour, this has to be a call for us that we hear and obey. I, I, I want you to actively seek the truth. Freedom is not merely the absence of chains. <laughs> hear me today. Freedom here in the scriptures, in God's house, in the, the presence of the Jehovah God that we serve. Freedom here is not merely the absence of sin. Not merely the absence of my chains and my addictions and my problems. No, it is a presence of clarity that God brings to my life. It is a presence of understanding that God begins to reveal. It is a presence of peace because he is my peace that goes beyond understanding. In a world full of falsehoods and masquerades and truth, deception, it only a, quick, a click away from uh, finding the next uh, conspiracy theory or the, the next prophetic thing that may not be prophetic at all because it doesn't fit within the scriptures. This scripture in John 8 calls us to write above the noise uh, to encourage one another to say there is truth and truth can be found uh, it's found in the word of God it's time for us to be thinkers to uh, live for God for ourselves and in the relationship that God has called us to it's time to stop depending on the elders uh, to pray my prayers it's time to uh, I'm gonna preach uh, it's time for me to stop depending on the preacher to know the Bible uh, it's time in this hour uh, that you know God for yourself that you know his word it's time for a real and authentic move of God concerning the knowledge that God wants to plant inside you hear me today truth is 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 true but truth has an origin truth is not this moving target truth is not this thing I mentioned it last week I'll mention it again truth there is an absolute truth I want to say it again there unequivocally is an absolute truth there's no room for my uh, interpretation there's no room for me to say well I don't think that really fits in the modern world or I don't think that's what God really meant uh, no it has an origin and truth doesn't change well, two plus two is four from here to eternity uh, it will not change uh, and so it is with the word of God. John said this in 1 John 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father. Full. Someone shout full. 
full of grace and truth. Later in verse 17, he says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Understand, there is a grace and truth that is absolute, that's never going to change. There are three today absolutes about truth that I want you to write down or have in your text maybe. I want you to go with me. We read our text and how we learned in that moment of text that what you got to believe Jesus, you got to abide in his word, you got to be a disciple and you got to know truth and that truth will set you free, right? So we look and see that the first absolute of knowing truth is this. Number one, you must have faith. Someone shout it. I must have faith. Say it again. I must have faith. I must believe. The scripture says that Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, who believed him, who be, look, who believed him. This, there were Jews that did not believe them, and he wasn't speaking to them. He was talking to people that believed him. In my life and in yours, we sometimes approach God's throne with unbelief. I'm reminded of the centurion that said, Lord, I believe, but what? Help my unbelief. There is a part of the human experience that's always questioning whether God is real, whether God hears you, and whether God answers prayer. I got good news for that. I believe you will know that God is real, and he does answer prayer, and he does hear your cry. Jesus said to those who believe, listen, you need to write this down because this is good. I, I wrote this on, on a paper and put it on my computer uh, in front of a sticky note. And because this is, this is what I believe with all my heart. Who you believe dictates what you believe. I'm going to say it one more time. When you watch a bunch of nonsense and crazy and you have not verified with the word of God, the spirit of God, or the word of God, you allow yourself to be taken down paths that God never intended and you end up in wrecks that you don't know how to recover from. Hear me today. Who you believe dictates what you believe. So if you believe someone that you don't know, you don't understand, one of the things about pastoring that I love is that I get to know you. You get to know me. You get to see me live. I get to see you live. We have relationship. We talk. We're honest. We're open with each other. That tells me that we have a relationship. In relationship, I can preach things and say things that you will believe that if you heard from somebody else, you might not believe. And in this moment of time that we're standing in, this time that this last days is in, who you believe dictates what you believe. And what you believe dictates your destiny. I'll say it again. And what you believe dictates your destiny. Someone shout amen. amen. The question is, do you believe dogma or doctrine? Do you believe dogma or doctrine? I'm pastoring today. I know we were having fun in the Ferrari a few minutes ago, but now I'm, I got the tractor out and I'm plowing the field. I understand what God's called me to do. Hear me today. Dogma. I'm teaching my, uh, I'm mentoring a bunch of wonderful men and women, and I'm teaching them this very concept right now. And I want you to get and grasp it as well. Dogma, 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 or the doctrines of Christ. Which do you believe? Which is it? 
You see, when we allow man's interest to overwhelm the truth of God's word, we are now following dogma and not doctrine. Dogma is man's statement of truth. Doctrine is God's revelation of his truth through the word of God. I'm going to say that one more time. Dogma is man's statement, this is what's true. But we all know, we've all heard, that they find new things, technology, people make mistakes. And so we don't trust, listen carefully, we don't trust in the man of God, we trust in the word of God that's in the man of God. Dogma is a statement that men make as truth. Whereas the doctrine of Christ is God's revelation of truth from his word. Hear me today. You cannot have truth without faith. I'm going to say it one more time. You cannot have truth without faith. Truth is not negotiable. Y'all got really quiet on me and that means I'm doing really good right now. That's what that means. Because you have to be challenged. I am meeting and greeting so many of you that say, Pastor, I need to know more. I, I, where, where's Dell? Dell, where you at? You're, you're, there's Dell. I love Dell. But God's doing so many amazing things with his family and his wife and kids. And oh, I'm so excited about what God's doing in Dell. First thing I walked in this morning, and Dell said, Pastor, you abandoned me. I was like, Oh, Jesus, what did I do now? But he come to me a couple weeks and goes, Pastor of the Lord, I, I've got to know the word. I realized I don't know the Bible. I don't know my word. I don't know my word. So I gave him some suggestions and et cetera, et cetera. Thank God, Brother, brother uh, uh, where's he at? Brother Brandon Obajensky has been meeting him on Thursdays now, and they're going, they're going step by step, verse by verse through the word of God. They're asking each other, what did we learn today? What did we learn today? What are we learning right now? Why? Because if you don't plant, the scripture is plain. If you don't plant God's word in your heart, you're going to sin against him. Does anybody still believe that? Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Do you feel this ebb? Do you sense that there's a wave that has went by us and now it's trying to suck us back into a world of chaos without truth? Truth is not subjectable to my mind. I don't make up truth. God's word is the only source for my truth. Paul writes this about truth in Romans. I'm going I'm to go. Right? Paul writes this in Romans 1. Listen to me carefully. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people. And then he says this. Who what? Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now, I'm just going to say, I, I, I cut this out this morning from the Detroit News, just so you know, right? Uh, not really. But uh, there, there is a spirit in the hour that people are trying to suppress righteousness with what they consider more greater truth. And God says, I hate it. And God says, I'm going to show my anger against them. J just hold on. Here, hold my coffee. I, I feel like one coming on. I, I want you to understand that God is not ignoring. People say, well, why does God let all this go on? God is not letting all this go on. Uh, he is a God, a just God. And we are living uh, in a covenant of grace. But judgment will come to those that disobey God. Someone shout amen. They suppress truth by the witness. Verse 19, they know the truth. Come on now. They know the truth. The word know here is head knowledge. They know the truth, right? They have not. Why? About God, because he has made it what? Obvious to them. 
For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can what? Clearly see his invisible qualities. Right? His invincible qualities. His eternal power and his divine natures. So they have what? No excuse for not knowing God. I'm just, I'm going to leave the word here right now. They have no excuse for not knowing God. They have decided to suppress the truth because they want wickedness more than they want truth. I, I, I just got to keep going because I, I need y'all to think about yes the Bible says in verse 21 right uh, they have no excuse verse 21 yes they knew God but they would not worship him they wouldn't worship him as God even or even give him thanks the Bible says and they began to what help me read it out loud think up foolish ideas of what God was like And going home. Because this is the essence of not truth. Falsehood. Fake. When we think that we are so clever that we can make up things about what God is. Despite him giving us his word. Am I doing okay? So when we look here. We must understand Paul is writing to the Roman church. And if you read the entirety of Romans chapter 1, you will find the rest of what's going on. I don't have time this morning. God is frustrated with the Roman church, the church in Rome, rather. We we can find here. So what does it say? In verse 21, they, they, they begin to make up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, here it is, their minds became what? Dark and confused. Now... Listen, uh, as, uh, as a person that has, uh, has absolutely uh, struggled and been a part of uh, helping m- with mental health, I'm not suggesting that, that, that this in any way, but I w- that it's a result of your sin. I'm not saying that. What I am saying here is, listen, that there is doctrines and there are things that are being made up. And if you do struggle in your mind, it makes it doubly hard because it becomes darkness and confusion because you don't know where to find truth. Someone say amen. Amen. Verse 22. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worship what? Idols made to look like mere people, birds, animals, and reptiles. So God abandoned them. Did you hear what I just said? So God abandoned them. I'm going to say it again. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desire. You know why everything's happening? It's not because God doesn't care. It's because God has abandoned them. To their own devices. That's what the word says. And then, then it says this. So God abandoned them to whatever hearts deserve. As a result, they, they what? Did vile and degrading things to each other's bodies. Verse 25. They traded the truth. Here it is. They traded the truth. If you're bored right now, I pray that God gives you strength. I pray that you are listening. I pray the devil doesn't try to distract you. Put your phone down. Come on, hear the word of God today. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. Someone give him a hand praise today. So the first truth is believe and have faith. Someone say amen. Amen. 
we look at the second truth, and that is this, abide. Everybody shout, abide. abide. Jesus said in John 8, 31, if you abide in my word. The word abide here means to dwell. It means to remain. It means to endure. Abide is not something you do for a day or a weekend. Abide is something you do for a lifetime. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Later, Jesus teaches us in John 15 and verse 1. He says, I am the true vine. Hear me today. And my father is the wine dresser. Every branch... Uh, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean. Someone shout, I'm already clean. I'll say it like you're screaming at the dog. Come on, I'm already clean. Because the what? Because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, he says again. Abide in me, and I in you. You're clean already. You gotta abide. You can't leave. You can't run off. You can't let your own mind take you on journeys that you never were intended to go on. Abide in me. You're clean. You're ready to go. You're saved. You're de- sanctified. You're delivered. But you got to abide, live, dwell. Oh, endure in him. I and you as a branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it what abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you what abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. And he who what abides in me and I am him uh, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Uh, and if anyone does not what abide in me he is cast out as a branch and it withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask anything that you desire and it shall be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples as the father loved me I have loved you abide in my love if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and what abide in his love I get the idea that God's trying to tell us we need to abide somewhere that we need to stay somewhere that we need to acknowledge I can do nothing without you Jesus and I I am going to stay in your arms. Someone shout amen. Someone shout abide. If you read Revelations, and I won't do it, but if you read Revelations, you're, you're going to find in the early chapters of the church of Laodicea, they, 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 they were a church and they did many good things, but God was so frustrated with them because they knew truth and they did not, they lost it. They lost their first love. They traded the truth of God's word for a lie. And if we're not careful in this hour, we will be, oh, seduced is a good word. I'm going to say it. You'll be seduced into believing that all this isn't necessary. Is God's word really the truth? Does his, is, does his word really, is it? I mean, if I, is that really the way to truth? Yes. The only way you're ever going to know truth is if you are abiding 
in him. The third and final thing is this, you must know. Someone shout, I've got to know. See, the Bible says earlier that they knew the truth or they, he, that they had known, they had known, they had knowledge. But that was head knowledge. Someone shout head knowledge. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Is not that know there is, it's intimacy. It's like uh, Adam knew Eve. It is an intimacy as a man and a woman. It's an intimacy with you in Christ. It is an intimacy that's greater than just having head knowledge. It's heart knowledge. It's a whole body knowledge. It's understanding who God really is. And in that truth, it makes you, it processes you through a, a process of understanding and love and forgiveness and kindness and uh, all the long suffering and all the things that God wants to teach us. And it ends us up in a place of freedom. Freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from, oh, can I get an amen? From uh, what? Anxiety, freedom from the things we don't know, freedom from the things that we don't understand. Paul tells us, right, you shall know the truth. Knowing the truth is unequivocally freedom. If I know the truth, I never am worried. Someone can come up to me and say, oh my goodness, the world's coming apart and there's a flood and there's a, everybody's, it's all, we're all going to die in the next five minutes, right? But I know the truth. Oh. So I'm not getting it worked up and having nervous breakdown over something that man's predicted. If it's so, then it's so. And it's not by man's hand. It's because God divined it. In my life, I'm using a big example, but there's smaller examples where someone comes by and says, you know what, I, you know what, did you really have to to follow God's word in completion. I mean, do you really believe the Bible is really the truth? And it makes you think and it makes you try to figure out. Whereas if you know who you are in Christ, you're able to say, I am not moved by the winds of doctrine. I am not moved by the things that so easily beset us, but rather I am grounded and rooted in the love of God. Someone say amen. amen. I'm, I'm closing. Is it good, Sister Jackie? Oh, thank you, Sister Jackie. I need that this morning. So listen to me. Ephesians 4 and 11 says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. The fivefold ministry, they are all equal, and they are all a part of God's kingdom and his time to woo us and help us and mentor us and, and care for us as sheep. Verse 12 says, their responsibility. Someone shout their responsibility. Their responsibility. Someone shout their responsibility. Come on, say, Pastor, you're responsible. Yeah, look at me and say, Pastor, you're responsible. I don't think you understand how, how serious I am about this last few verses. And if you guys could come and rescue me. I, I want you to understand that one of the greatest things that I do I think you could talk to any pastor in this church and they will tell you the same. The responsibility that God has put on me that I must, I must fulfill. Uh, the Bible says here in verse 12, their responsibility is to what? Equip God's people to do his work and build up the what? The church, the body of Christ. 
Now, for a moment, I want you to think about the, the parable of the talents and how there was one that had 10 down to one, right? And the one, what did he do? He, go, he went and buried it because why? Because he served a hard taskmaster. But when the taskmaster came back, he said, I would rather you went gambling with that one talent because what you did in burying it, you, what? It's one of the few places that God calls a man evil because he gave him something of free will and the man did nothing in response I want you to think about that when we talk about responsibility of a pastor God takes responsibility very seriously he does not just call us he burdens us with the understanding that it is upon our life and our responsibility to train and teach the body of Christ one of the greatest frustrations that I have and others have is that uh, we have so many avenues that we teach and talk and preach and yet there are so many that have so many other things to do that it seems like their salvation is, is maybe fourth or fifth on the list of life. But when they get cancer or they find themselves in a place of, of great despair, they find God and I'm thankful for that. I know that uh, there is many, including myself, that have had moments where I say, you know what, I... I need to get some things straight. I need to get some things right because that was a close call, right? You ever had those moments? Right? We've all had those moments. But I want you to understand that God has put me in your life, not as someone that is trying to be a hard nose or someone that's trying to do things like I want or my way. No, I'm talking about God's word. And until the Bible is ceased, until we all are in heaven or in other places, I'm telling you, God has put a responsibility on this man of God and every man of God. Stefan Hogan carries this responsibility that when he preaches it has to be the truth of God's word it has to stand up to biblical scrutiny it has to stand up to doctrinal scrutiny it has to stand up to the things that God has said not science not education we love science we love education but what God's word says so when I respond in things I recently responded to a person uh, with a scripture in a text uh, and I offended them and of course I apologize I didn't mean for it to be offensive I simply they asked me a question I gave them a straight answer and it offended them they thought I was attacking them no I'm not you asked me whether something was a sin or not and I said here's the scripture that says it is now you're hurt at me that's unfair you're being mean no I'm not I'm being kind I'm loving you I'm telling you the truth I'm trying to get you to understand that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shame there is a, oh, there is a place where we must come to reconcile ourselves that God's word is the only truth I can measure my life by someone shout amen, amen. I'm, I'm done verse 13 this will continue until all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the what? Full and what? Complete standard of Christ. I'm say it again. Full and what? Complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be what? Immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Pastor, I heard this online. What do you think about that? Well, I don't know. I haven't heard it. But does it, my, my pat answer is, does it measure to God's word? What does God's word? 
So we can celebrate things. I know we're in the middle of, uh, of, of a lot of different people predicting a lot of different things and a lot of stuff and festivals and stuff. But I know what God's word says. And it doesn't say that's anywhere near related to what I'm going to go to. It's not a part of my salvation. It's not a part of where God's called me to be. So I'm not saying you're wrong for participating. I'm simply saying it doesn't matter to God's word. Okay, stand with me. I could go on. So what does it say? Here, listen to 14, verse 14. Then we will no longer, can my elders come? Today is our first Sunday and we're going to receive communion here in just a moment. I know I'm running a little long, but we're going to have dinner afterwards and it's going to be okay. Someone say amen. I'm being your pastor today. Does, does anybody understand I'm being your pastor today? Those of you that are online, I pray that you know I love you and I'm being your pastor Pastors that don't preach the truth of God's word, they will be held accountable and be responsible. Someone say amen. amen. Verse, verse, 15, verse 14. We won't be tossed about by every new wind of teaching. We will not be what? Influenced when people try to trick us with the lies so clever. Someone shout so clever. They sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, truth in love, truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. He makes us the whole body fit together perfectly. We need each other. We need agreement. But we need to also understand where truth originates. We need to understand there is an absolute truth. And that truth is found in the word of God. The greatest truth you'll ever know is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came, he died, he rose again. He went to the cross for your sins and mine. That's the greatest truth. If that's not true, the world is not true. We are living in, in, in a matrix uh, because I'm going to tell you right now, that is the truth. It's from the word of God. I have experienced it. I know it. I know it for myself. I have felt his power and his grace. So now I can live in freedom. The truth of the communion table is so important. Someone forgot to remind me last month, and I, I, we skipped last month's first, first Sunday communion. Here's how we do communion here at Pineview Church on these Sundays. Communion requires repentance, because you do not want to come to the communion table without forgiveness from God. Someone say amen. So in a moment, we're going to all lift our hands and we're going to ask the Lord to forgive us of all of our sins and our shortcomings. And then I'm going to invite you, if you're a guest and don't, don't feel obligated, if you're here and you don't feel, don't, don't worry, we're not going to, there's no judgment here. But if you feel like you would like to receive communion today, here today as we worship, I want you to come before these elders today and I want you to take a cup. I want you just to stay around the front here or in the aisles and we're going to take communion together after everybody has come. We're going to do communion together and then we're going to dismiss and have lunch and fellowship and celebrate what God has done for us. Amen. So today let's bring our, our minds and hearts to repentance. It's not a bad word. It's an important word. So can you lift your hands and just simply ask Jesus, Lord, please forgive me of all my sins and all of my shortcomings. Father, I am in need of you, Jesus. 
I can do nothing without you. And Lord, my sins are ever before me. But Lord, your grace, I thank you for that grace. I thank you for your mercy because it is never ending and it covers me, Lord. I, I feel the sense of the blood of Christ upon me right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I am forgiven, Lord, because it's evident in my life. Oh God, today, Lord, I thank you for delivering me from the law of sin and death. I thank you, Lord, that I am no longer bound in chains, but I am free in Christ. I, Lord, give you honor and glory because you are divine and your truth of the word of God, it is still true today. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. I repent before you, God. Come on, just lift your hands and worship him today. Father, we love you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As they worship this morning, our worship team, I want you to, I want you to, wherever you might be, if you would like to receive communion, maybe you don't feel ready to receive communion. That's okay. This is a free will. If you're a guest, we understand. But I want to invite you to the, the king's table. I want to invite you to the supper table. I want to invite you to the foot of the cross where his blood still flows. And we celebrate it today. So can you come right now from all of this house? Come on, come. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. And he heard, and he answered, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, that's why I trust him, that's why I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will trust in God, my Savior, who will never fail. Come on. He will never fail. I trust in God, oh, my Savior, yeah, 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 who will never My Savior, one who will never fail. No, 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 he will never fail. Paul wrote in Corinthians chapter 11 about as often as we do this together, we should do it in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. So today I want you to close your eyes and reflect on what Jesus has done for you. <laughs> Russell, has, has Jesus done something for you? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, I know what God has done in my family. I know what God has done for me. I know what God has done for you. So from that Thanksgiving, the Bible says that he what? 
he took the bread. How many are thankful that he died on Calvary? His body was broken. It was wounded. But all of that wounding was for my salvation and for my healing. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. And the chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So today, we honor the body of Christ and what Jesus did on Calvary with the bread. Receive the bread. Then he took the cup. Remember that Jesus had earlier told the disciples that they would have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. I want you to think about that. It was against the law. It was gross. It was against everything they'd been trained in their synagogues and in their, their life. They weren't allowed to touch dead things and they were definitely not allowed to drink blood. So they didn't understand that this is not physical, this is spiritual. And what you're doing today is not about what we think it is. It's about the spiritual implication that God has given it. We are remembering what he done. And so he took the cup. He took the cup and he said, this is my blood. Don't let anybody ever tell you that Jesus spilt his blood for you. He gave his blood for you. So today, join me in celebrating the fact that Jesus loves me so much that he gave his blood for me. Come on, in Jesus' name. Now, just lift your hands and glorify God today, would you? Lord, we thank you for your blood. Lord, I thank you for your body. Lord, I thank you that you died on Calvary. I give you praise, Lord, that you have offered yourself a living sacrifice for me, for my sins, for my iniquities. I love you, Jesus. Come on, just tell him you love him today. I love you, Jesus. 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 If you need prayer today, come on, come forward. If you need prayer, I want to pray with you today. If anybody here needs prayer, I want to pray with you. Come on. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing else. Remember our potluck. Nothing else. Remember, go to lunch as soon as you feel like doing so. But just remember, God loves you today. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just wanna sit here at your feet.